Welcome to the Eclectic Readers Book Club on Sunrise Robot, where we take reading maybe a little too seriously. I'm Susan. I'm Jeanette. I'm Tara. And I'm Meredith. Hello, everybody. I'm Hello. back. Welcome yeah. back. <laughs> Yay. Uh, how is everybody? It's been a couple months <laughs> for me. I'm, more, I'm honestly more concerned about how you are, to uh-huh. tell you the truth. It, tired. I put tired, but honestly, it's more like exhausted, frustrated. <laughs> Having thing. a newborn is very hard. Um, and with a toddler, it's infinitely harder. Um, but it's getting there. She's She is adorable, thank goodness. So she <laughs> definitely super, super precious. Yeah. That, that always helps. Yes. So, um, and I've had some really supportive friends um, feeding us and, and whatnot and family members being in town and things like that. So it, it's been manageable. <laughs> we'll get through it. <laughs> Yay. Yes. But how is everybody else doing? Huh? Well, I am great. I'm like super psyched. I actually woke up this very early, early morning with energy because like I moved into my new place now. We had a snowstorm and you know, I love snowstorms. And then I went to a book signing last night with Alexandra Bracken and she is like the sweetest person and she's like she's sweet and she's smart and she's funny and i was like i love you and you live near here uh for now anyway she said she's moving back to arizona but i was like i want to be your friend i'm very came, i came very close to inviting her out for korean food last night oh you should have <laughs> i really should have i was like um i was there with some friends and it was our like our other book club um, sorry guys, I'm cheating. <laughs> our other book club was there and we were like, hi, so this is our book club meeting. We just read your new book, which is Passenger and it's fun. It's about time travel. Um, and I was like, we just read your book and we're here. This is our book club meeting. So we came to get our book signed and then we're going out for dinner. And, uh, and at that point I was like, and you're welcome to come. And I was like, <laughs> I hear that on the tip of my tongue. I'm like, that sounds a little crazy. I'm maybe not going to say that. <laughs> Good job. Good job. <laughs> so, I'm glad I did not come off crazy to Alex Bracken because she's real sweet. Well, that's good. Aww. Yeah. How are you guys? <laughs> um, you know, I'm really good. I'm mostly tired. Um, I We've started Book Bingo, which I know we're going to talk about a little bit later. But... Um, I did win the first round, so that was really cool. Um, And super stressful, (laughs) as as it was. It was more stressful than last year because I knew Michelle was gunning for me. Like I knew Michelle knew now how fast I could read, and now I was like, "She's coming." (laughs) (laughs) It was like we we actually had a call Monday night, um, like Michelle and a few other folks, and. We looked at each other. We're like, "This is a book-free zone. We cannot be reading during this call. We're putting down the books." And it was just like, "Okay, where are you though? <laughs> how much? <laughs> how much do you have left of your last book?" She's like, "I have." She's like, "I have about half." I'm like, "Me too." Wow. All right. So it was pretty. Um, it was pretty intense. It was like go back and forth all day. We're both checking the dock all day. It was nuts. <laughs> um, but it's fun, and I'm glad that bit is over. I can only win one, so pressure's off. Now I just have the rest of the year to fulfill my book illusion from last time, which is to black out the entire card. So That's awesome. I'm really Very excited cool. about it. And yeah. What about you, Mare? Um, yeah, I'm doing well. I 
I don't really have anything special to report, I don't think. But I'm doing good. Awesome. Sometimes that's the best. It's like, my life is just good right now. <laughs> I miss everything those days. is <laughs> They'll come back. Yep, everything is stable. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I just had the Lego song stuck in my head now. Everything is awesome. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. <laughs> yep. So, anyways, I'm glad everybody's doing well. That's good because. You know, life happens sometimes. <laughs> it does, including book club life, mm-hmm. yeah. which includes why we're doing a throwback. Exactly. Yes. Um, but before we get to that, uh, what are oh. we reading now? Um, I know we're reading some interesting things besides the one big the book. <laughs> no, no, that's pretty much what I'm reading. <laughs> I'm pretty much reading Anna Karenina. <laughs> um, and then a whole bunch of other little things, but mostly Anna Karenina. Mm-hmm. It's taking forever. It's a, it's a thick book. It's, it, it's a hefty read, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. What I've been finding, though, is I don't know about the editions you guys have, but in my edition, like, the chapters are, like, they're only one to two pages long. Like, they're fairly short chapters anyways, but the volume that I have makes it every one of them like one to two pages long, like maybe five is like a long chapter. And that's been very helpful because I'm like, okay, I just have to read a few chapters and it's not that many pages at a time. Mm, and okay. doing that, like I managed to go through the first 200 pages in less than a week. That's which cool. Is not, not bad. So like if you look yeah, at it that's that good. way. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, at least because I'm reading it on my Kindle. So it'll be like you know, three minutes left in this chapter. I'm like, okay, I can yeah, do this. I do the same thing. <laughs> but so then when you I look at say... your like, but when you look at your percent done after that, and you're like, I've moved one percent <laughs> in an hour. It's just so depressing. It is. That's why no, I think give you the paper book kind of gives me an advantage in this one because mm. all I can see is that my bookmark it has more pages behind it. That's yeah. true. Like, I get that. You just kind of have to ignore the percentage at this point. <laughs> yeah. If well, you're reading and, it on ebooks. And doing it that way, like, I was surprised because I got to that 200 pages was like 20% of the book. And I was like, hey, that's cool. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I did not realize I was that far in. I thought I was going to be at like 10, 15%. So that's great. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, the, the kind that I have on Kindle, it doesn't actually have page numbers it's just like location number which doesn't mm-hmm. really mean anything same but i'm i'm almost 40 percent through is what my kindle is saying so i don't know how many oh, pages that cool. is but i'm like all right that's that's decent hopefully i yeah. can get through the rest of it in february that's great yeah. oh you will yeah it's fantastic so what else are we reading besides anna karenina <laughs> um well i'm reading also animal vegetable miracle because that's uh Books about food is one of our book bingo categories, and that's by Barbara Kingsolver, and she is, in this book, it's a story about, like, how her family decided to leave um, where they lived in Arizona, I think it was, and drive all the way across the country to her husband's farm and try and, like, feed themselves for a year. Hmm. And Hmm. it's not quite what I expected so far, but it's kind of interesting like I thought it was going to be more of a memoir and it's a lot about um like environmental stuff like do you know that you know this many gallons of gas are these many this many gallons of gas are used to transport 
food across the country and by feeding yourself you save this much gas like stuff like that it's interesting like there's a lot of in um interesting information and science in there and then she's got um like essays from her daughter and her husband included that are like hey here's more facts and more science or her daughter's like here's a meal plan that i came up with using asparagus Hmm. as one of the sides or something like that so it's kind of neat interesting yeah how about uh how about you, Tara? What else are you reading or just Anna Karenina? <laughs> I mean, mostly, mostly Anna Karenina. I, I did just start the three body problem, which is supposedly an amazing sci-fi novel right out of China. Like by just started, I mean, I read like the first two sentences <laughs> of it, <laughs> but like, it's just super highly recommended. The translation is supposed to be awesome. Um, it's a trilogy in the third book, either just came out or is about to come out. Um, so I'm excited to see, excited to see how it goes. Um, for book bingo, I'm also reading the, uh, Neil Gaiman short story book, um, Mm. trigger warning for the multiple POV category. So, okay. Yeah. Should be good. I, I read, I borrowed it from the library, the actual book. So I actually didn't finish it because I had to return it. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So I'll, I'll have to get back to it again because some of the stories that I read so far were pretty good. So, Well, what else are you reading, Sue? Um, I am reading Jacoby by William Ritter. Mm-hmm. And this is touted as a mesh between Doctor Who and Sherlock Holmes. What? Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> what then? Like, what? <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, young adult. Jeanette perks up. I know, right? (laughs) It's young adult, um, but it's um, this narrated by the female protagonist, the assistant. Um, Shoot, her her first name is like drawing a blank to me now, but her last name is Rook. Um, Nice. And she comes over from England, and she meets Jacoby, who is a detective for supernatural things that are going on. And um, I am a quarter of the way through, and I can definitely see why people think this is a mesh between Doctor Who and Sherlock, because, you know, there's the detective and the assistant, obviously, and the mystery and things things like that. Um, And the Who aspect is his personality is very much like David Tennant's 10. Okay. And it deals with, like, supernatural things. I mean, not necessarily, like... Aliens. Yeah, aliens, but, you know, not earthly things, I guess would be a good way to put it. Um, So, so far, it's pretty good. It's really amusing. Um, Fun, quippy stuff that's in it so far. So, I'm liking it. It's a good... It's a quick read, too, so it it helps with my lack of attention spin at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Mare? Well, other than Anna Karenina, I am about halfway through The Paper Magician by Charlie N. Holmberg. And so far, it's pretty good. Um, It's kind of at a strange point in the book. Uh, I think, Susan, have you read the book? I did. The the first book? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so I'm about halfway through. I'm using it for one of the book bingo uh, categories. So, so far, so good. And we'll see how the rest of it goes. I, I ended up getting the whole trilogy on Kindle because uh, I think about a week ago it was 
all three of them were on sale for just under six dollars. So I was oh, like, man, oh, I missed that. Why, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I saw it the night before it ended, and I was like, oh crap. Uh, so yeah. I, I grabbed it real quick. I was like, mm-hmm. eh, even if they're not that great, it's still what I would have paid for the first book. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, they were like two bucks each. Um, yeah, I think it's a trilogy. Oh my god, yes. Jeanette, yeah. you knew too. Y'all yeah. failed at, so, at informing um, us of these things. <laughs> so, just random insert. Like, if you have you guys heard of BookBub? Yes. No, okay. I, I'm I'm subscribed to it. No, okay, and again, so, failing me. <laughs> so there are a couple of other things like BookBub too. BookBub is a daily newsletter. Um, that comes out every day and it tells you what's like free or cheap on Kindle and usually most things are like two dollars mm-hmm. um, oh. and so um, and they'll email you every single day and there's another one called reading deals book riot also has one and then Amazon I think caught on to the fact that everybody's like doing this because now they have one too and it was one of those newsletters I think it was actually Amazon's newsletter itself that um, alerted me to the fact because I had already gotten the paper magician at another sale, like where they were doing it, and then mm. they did it again, but with the whole trilogy, um, not long back. So yeah, I would it's... suggest everybody subscribe to all those sites, and I'll put them in the show notes. So. Yeah, I think Sweet. I have the first two books, and I'm missing the third one, but I haven't even read the second one yet, so there's no rush. Yeah. That's very good to know, uh, because yeah. what we need to do is spend more money on books. I know. <laughs> well, this is how I spend less money on books, yeah, because that's true. instead of buying books that, you know, are seven, eight, ten, twenty dollars at Barnes and Noble or Amazon or anywhere, like I end up waiting until they're on sale and I get a lot of books like that. Yeah. And that's how I got Paper Magician. And that's also how I got um, a couple of other books, which I've read recently and talked about on previous podcasts, so. Yeah. I'm just saying, I need more books on my Kindle or more books in my library that I haven't read. So <laughs> bring it on. <laughs> well, what's also cool about it is like sometimes just looking at it, you'll see something like, okay, I've never heard of that book, but the cover, the description looks interesting. So I've gotten a couple of weird books that I will yeah, I feel take like, forever to get to. But I feel like you could be more adventurous Yeah, without going to the library. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. So, yeah. Well, yeah. talking along with books and getting more books that we haven't read, <laughs> February is all, always an exciting month for us because we start our new book bingo game every February. Yes, Yay. yes. <laughs> this is our third year doing it, and I believe the first year, Jeanette, was it you that found? The book bingo, like a pre-made one on a, was it like a Scholastic website or? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was on um, Random House, I believe. Random House. Okay, there we yeah. go. And it looked really cool. And so the past two years, we've kind of taken that idea and changed the different categories around to, you know, keep things fresh and, and you know, try to read new things. But basically the idea is we have a bingo card. So there's 25 squares with a free square in the middle. So in the end, if you black out the whole card, you've read 24 books, which is pretty awesome. And so each square is a different category. Like maybe, um, like Jeanette was saying, she's reading one for books that deal with food. We have one that is a memoir. We have one that is, you know, a female protagonist. So you can have a lot of fun creating your own different categories. And basically the rules are, 
you ha it has to be a book that you've never read before, and the book can only count for one square. So even if it might be a book about food that also has a female protagonist, sorry, you can only count it for one. And as you go along, we have different challenges where, <laughs> as we have heard, <laughs> Tara was a crazy fast reader. How quickly did you get what? the first line of bingo, Tara? Um, 23 hours, like just over 23 hours. So you read four, four books then, right? Yeah. And just, yeah. wow. Four, four books in, in a day. Nuts. I think I'm so jealous. too. Right. <laughs> the last 16 pages were literally painful. <laughs> and I mean that. Like, I was like, no, I have to finish. <laughs> were your eyes watering? Cause you're oh trying my God, not they to hurt. <laughs> I kept like turning away from the book. Mino kept just, my husband kept being like, just put it down. I'm like, no, no, I'm almost there. I've got to, I've got to power through. There's nobody competitive in this contest. No, not <laughs> oh, at no, no, not no. at all. We have like, some serious competitive readers in our group. That's yeah, for sure. Sure do. So, like this year, I'm, ta I've never been taking a, um, a class at the same time that we've been doing book bingo before, and this year is my first time. And I seriously had to have a talk with myself. Like, I sat myself down and read myself out. And I, um, because I realized that there's no way that I was going to win around this year. Mm -hmm. And I, and I was like, you, you just can't, you cannot fit in reading for school and working full time and reading 24 books in like two weeks or whatever. Michelle did it in last year. I think it was three yeah, and a half weeks. Michelle won the second challenge. Congratulations, Michelle. Yay. She did. Yay. So, yep. so that means, you know, it's open game. No right. one reads as fast as Michelle for as long as Michelle can read. I mean, <laughs> it's impressive. It, um, it is quite impressive. But it and does our, open. La last year, Michelle and I were within like two books of each other until we got to, I think, like the last line. Mm. And then she hit the last line before I did, and I think I kind of slowed down. I was like, I think I'm out of this. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll get second place, no biggie. Yep. But like this year, I was like, you know what? You you just can't do it. You don't have time. And I, I, I had to – it was very, very hard, guys. I I made myself very sad. Aww. <laughs> Aww. See, that, but, that, that's the exact same reason I went hard on the first line. I'm like, if I'm – there's no chance I will win either of the other two, given my current, like, life schedule from here until eternity. And I'm like, all right, so it's either the first 24 hours or nothing. Well, yeah. I know what I'm doing. It's like yeah. your own personal marathon. It is. Yeah. But next year, I have pledged I'm going to go for the blackout. So I'll take it a little bit slower, more, you know, tortoise than hare scenario. <laughs> nice. That's a good idea. No, that is. Now, just you got to set just, goals. Mm -hmm. just, just for our listeners that don't know all the rules that we're talking about, pretty much we have three rounds, and we decided this year that one person could only win one round, just yeah. to give other people a chance to try to win. So the first round that Tara won was blacking out one full line, so four to five books, depending on which line on the cards you choose. And mm -hmm. then the next round would be intersecting two lines. So at, at eight, a 90 degree angle. 
Yes, that at a ninety degree one. angle, that was that was a source of contention. Yeah, was, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's and then the last round would be to see whoever can finish all twenty four the fastest. Yeah. So it's it's I it it amazes me every year how quickly some of you can read. I'm like I said, I'm halfway through one book, and I'm like, yay me! Yeah, <laughs> no, that's awesome. I'm right I there mean, with you, Meredith. <laughs> the actual point of book bingo is to get you reading more. And more out of your comfort zone. Yes, exactly. It is. It's it's a good way. And it's also fun to see maybe, you know, you go through your huge list of to be read on Goodread and see mm-hmm. what you can fit into what categories that you've, you know, you've been meaning to read anyway. Or, yeah, it's a good way to branch out into a genre maybe you don't normally read. And mm-hmm. I know actually what's good for uh, at least Tara and myself, I know we made the, the pledge that we were going to read more nonfiction this year. So there's, I think, at least three different type of nonfiction categories. Three to four, depending, yeah. I think there's four, technically. I think I heard four. Which is just, I said two. I said I'd read two two nonfictions this year. Now (laughs) the other other, um, book illusion is just sort of like, okay, well... I guess now I'm reading four. Because <laughs> uh, I think so we have, this year we have uh, just a regular book of nonfiction. Yep. We have... Memoirs. Um, LGBT nonfiction. We have a right. memoir. And there's book a of book letters. of letters. Which, yeah. And the letters have to be nonfiction. So. Yeah. They do. Sorry. So that's four out of the 24, which is that's a, good a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And so what we're going to do for our listeners, we made a PDF version of our card and we're going to put it on our Goodreads page. And I'm not sure, are we able to put it on the show notes too? I'm not uh, sure how that works. I don't know, but we can definitely put a link to yeah, the... Yeah, I'm sure we can link the image. There yeah, we go. That, so. so if you want to play along at home or at least just see what the heck we're talking about, <laughs> you can take a look. <laughs> Perfect. And I also want to give a big shout out uh, to Scott McCloud, who's probably not going to listen to this, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, for listening to last month's podcast, where we did a review Yay. on The Sculptor, Woo. which Yay. I both find awesome and terribly embarrassing. But thank you for listening. And I got to ask him a few questions on Twitter, too, about the book. And he was just really, really cool. So, yay. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. That was pretty amazing. So, yeah, it was it, really interesting it was very to cool. read the conversation you had. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still like in my like right now. I'm like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe that happened. <laughs> sort of a thing. Um, but hey, wonders of the internet, am I right? Mm-hmm. Yes, See? very cool. Internet is a magical place. <laughs> like so, Tahiti. It's uh. like Tahiti. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, Agents of Shield reference for those of you who don't know. Okay. Um so right before we jump into our main read, let's it would be remiss of us to not mention the most recent shows based off the books that we are reading. Because well, this this podcast specifically is doing Cassandra Clare's City of Bones, which has now been turned into an ongoing series called The Shadow Hunters, as well as the book we very recently did, The Magicians, has been turned into a sci-fi show name magicians (laughs) they're very creative here um really are (laughs) we've all watched at least the first episode of all of these shows correct yes 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 i am i am up to date on all of them oh sweet me too i am not up to date i've watched the first two of shadow hunters and the first one of magicians okay i mean do we want to just 
take a quick poll. Who here likes which show more? Sure. I. Um, I do not like Shadowhunters. <laughs> it is but, bad. <laughs> but do you like um, magicians? But magicians, I only watched the first episode. Um, but it's it's good. It's really well done. So cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going with the current ones that are on the Sci-Fi website. So I Jeanette. I like magicians better. Alright. Jeanette, what do you think? I will say that even having promised to keep an open mind, which I really did, guys, and I even promised to watch the first three episodes of Shadowhunters. <laughs> um, I've got one more to go. Um, even having promised to keep an open mind, I like the magicians pretty much like 100% more than I like Shadowhunters. Yep. And there's still, you know, there's still a lot missing in the magicians pilot, like a lot they have to build up and there are, you know, some changes and stuff and I'm not really crazy when people change things from the books if they do it for a good reason. But the magicians so far is just a much better show in my opinion. So yeah. that's the one I like better. All right, Mayor. I agree. I mean, in general, The Magicians is just a better show. Uh, they both veer off greatly from the books. Uh, but, yeah, the I, I do prefer The Magicians. But to be fair, I just got through last night. I watched the, what is it, the fourth episode? The fourth of episode? Shadow, yeah. The fourth yeah. episode of Shadowhunters and the third episode of Magicians. So the fourth episode of The Shadowhunters is better. It is. It's, it is better than the first three. <laughs> But that doesn't take much. Yeah, like, no, 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 it's not, that's true. Not I could much. read the book aloud in a monotone voice for 45 minutes and it would be a better show <laughs> oh, no, that's, than The Shadowhunters. Oh, that's really harsh. That's really harsh. All right, okay. I, I also prefer oh. The Magicians. It's a very solid show. I really love seeing Julia's plotline. I really love Elliot in it. And they're really going hard on Elliot's crush on Q, which they only subtly reference in the books. Like if you don't want to see it, it's not there. And they're like much more open about that. I feel like in the show, which I think gives a better idea of how the characters are going to end up eh, doing what they do. Um, yeah, but we'll, but we'll kind of see where they take it. Right. I, I am. I'm, I am excited too, that they're starting right away with Julia's storyline. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, and I guess, Tara, you're the only one. I don't want to, it might sound kind of cryptic because I don't want to give things away. But I don't really know where they're going with Alice's storyline. And I'm not that happy with it right now. You know, know, but I, I feel Alice. like, I feel like Alice, this, like, we had this background of Alice. Alice was sort of this, like, in the books, you don't actually get a ton of her. Um, and, like, her feelings, like, you get these moments where she sort of like mind dumps on you or verb has verbal dumps on you about like where she's gone and what she's doing. And she has a much more active role in those things in the show, which I get is a huge change, but I'm not sure it's unwelcomed for me. I think it's, I, I, I think they're hinting a lot that, well, I can't tell. I can't tell if the other magician that is referenced by Jane in episode one is Alice or Penny. I think it's Alice, but I can't tell. So it'll be interesting to see that there is sort of this like bigger mystery that they're very clear is happening in the show, which I am liking. Yeah. I think what's good about the show from the pilot, I'm going to 
speak to the pilot, especially if people haven't watched further yet. Um, but um, I think what's good about it is that they're setting up that there is a larger world. And I think they do a really good job at this, with not a lot of shows do. They're setting up there's a larger world, there's a larger plot line, there's a larger mystery at hand. And this is all you need to know for right now is who this character is and that he's being introduced to this world. And this is what he's going to learn today. And I think that was really, really great because sometimes shows try to do too little and you're like, why am I watching this show? It's boring. Or they try and do too much, which I think is the problem that Shadowhunters Mm -hmm. has. In the first plot, in the first episode, the plot was everywhere. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't, nothing came out clear because it was everywhere and it was almost, you know, too fast-paced with not very much happening. Mm-hmm. And, and I, not a lot I, of meat, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're trying to move too quickly through things, and they're not explaining things well. Like, I understood things, like, what they were saying and where things were going in the pilot because I had read the books. And I don't know if... There, there are some of those things that they're ever going to go back and really Fix. explain for mm-hmm. people who haven't read the books who are just watching the show or if they're deliberately not explaining it because it's going to be different from the way it was in the book. So what I will say is what I would have said about the first three episodes, which I think has changed a little bit since I've seen episode four, is that what the show was inherently lacking in comparison to the books was the pacing and humor. Like, in a lot of ways, you know, the shadow hunters are Buffy like kids. They're quippy. They're funny. They, they have these great one liners. They still have these like touching moments. And in the first three episodes, you don't get a ton of that. It's just really drama all the time, except for Izzy sometimes, Um, but mostly (laughs) drama all the time. Um, And in episode four, Magnus Bane is in it, like, probably 70% of the time. And that changes the entire dynamic. But see, that to me, that doesn't mean the show's getting better. Like, one actor for one character does not make a good show. Well, no, know? no, no. It, it's not just the actor. You can see in other points in time... Um, for instance, I'm not giving anything away here. At one point, there's a battle. At one point, Jay saves Clary. You know, Clary's like... Thanks for that. And Jace is like, anytime. Like, it's just like, there's the, it slowed down the pace and had a little bit of humor and, and just added a little bit there. And I see that starting to come in. So I'm going to give it a few more. I mean, listen, is it teen drama <laughs> fluff? So far, yes. But I know where this series goes and I, I have to believe they have a plan to elevate it in some way, shape, or form. So I'm going to give it a few more episodes before I'm just done. We can only hope. (laughs) See, and I would agree with you, like, you know, the series does go great places, and, you know, what makes it great is all that, like, humor and, you know, enjoying, like, the relationships between characters and all of that. My problem is that I feel like the actors themselves, I don't think they're necessarily bad actors, though I don't like the way Clary runs 
Like, I, 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 yeah. I, I'm sorry, I don't just, mean to offer like a personal criticism of the actress. I don't know her. She's probably a wonderful person and probably a wonderful actress, but she runs really weird. Um, and just, I don't know, maybe that was just, they didn't have enough room on the set or something like that. Um, anyways, but I don't think the actors are particularly bad actors or anything. I don't think the writing is very strong. Yeah. And I think that the actors don't have as much chemistry as they should have. Mm -hmm. And it was actually interesting watching them interact in the pilot particularly that I felt like it brought out a lot of interesting relationship aspects of the book that I hadn't, that I, I guess I had taken for granted before. Like the well, fact that is that the writing is weak and so it doesn't portray Alec and Isabel the like as the same people as they are in the books and I find them more likable in the books and I'm not invested in their characters in the show because I don't like how they're written and I don't feel like I I mean I know that they're trying to build this relationship between Jason and Clary and I feel like they have no chemistry I feel like they should not even talk to each other Mayor can we agree that in the pilot there's some chemistry issues but that gets worked out as the show goes on it gets better um yeah. the chemistry is building between jace and clary i think it's a mixture of subpar writing and subpar acting yeah i have to agree <laughs> in general that. and and to be fair i wasn't expecting any award-winning writing or acting yeah. from a f free-form abc family show but you <laughs> um, can have a good teen drama there are plenty of good teen dramas out there we've all watched them we all love them this is not a good teen drama. That's my right, problem you're, with it. You're being very harsh on a pilot. No, you know? I've, I've seen the first two, and the second one was just as bad. Uh, yeah, yep. the second one has some Izzy Alec issues. The second that one gets... has a lot of issues. This and the the pro <laughs> like, and this is an example of like my problem with like the pacing. And at toward the end of the first episode, like Raphael just shows up out of nowhere. And he's not introduced. He just grabs Simon, and that's it. And they just drop him in there. And I'm like, you have no purpose here. And even in the second episode, they don't really explain it. They're just like, yeah, we were here, and we saw him, so we took him. Like, there's no purpose in the storytelling. It's just we want to throw in as much stuff, as much cool stuff, as quickly as possible. Yeah, no, I agree. Mm -hmm. I think it could be done much better than it has been. I'm still, uh, I'll still give it a few more episodes. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that it gets better. I don't yeah. know if that's false hope, but, I mean, um, but I, at least the, the Magicians is solid. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I'm also having to accept the fact that it's not going to be like the book really at all. And I'm yeah. okay with that. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, we all kind of had mixed feelings, at least on the first book of the trilogy. And so far, I don't hate Quentin, so that's cool. <laughs> I did not want to punch him in the face. That's true. Isn't that great? Well, I'm really impressed that they open up with him in a mental institute. And I wanted mm -hmm. to bring that up, and I totally forgot to. Like, that they're yes. very clear that Quentin is not stable. Mm -hmm. And but that like, they're very clear, like, magicians in general are typically not stable. <laughs> but are they, and I don't know if this gets explained more later, but are they saying that magicians are not stable? Or are they saying that Quentin was viewed as not stable because he is a magician? And really, he's stable. He's just a magician. 
Well, remember, he checks himself in. He does it because he's so very depressed that he's afraid for himself. So he, he no one checked him in that weekend. Right. In the very but- first episode, he checks himself in. And the reason why he's depressed and all these things is because he's always felt, what they're saying is he's always felt like he's not a part of that world. And now that he's found his world, um, like this is where he belongs and he feels much better. Um, right. They and do go into that. That's what I'm asking is because in that sense, they're implying that now that he's found his life as a magician, he's going to be stable and he's going to be fine, which means he wasn't really mentally ill to begin with. And that's what I'm curious about. Are they saying he does have mental issues or are they saying that his mental issues were caused by not knowing that he was a magician? I think they're going to delve from... Tara, did you see at the end of the episode they showed some clips for the next? The I guess would I did, I did, yeah, yeah. It looks like they're going to delve into that. Okay. So I, I don't think they, I don't think that they're saying like straight up like he only had mental issues because he was a magi- magician and didn't know it. I think they are. I think what they tried to say in the beginning was we hope that you knowing this makes you a little bit better. Um, I do think they're going to go into his bigger issues as okay. a whole. Okay. Because the implications are different there, and I'm not sure I like where one would go. I get that. I get that. Yeah, that's fair. All right, so now that we've burned the Shadowhunter, the series, do we want to talk about the book? (laughs) Sure. the book is definitely better than the series, or the TV show, so. (laughs) Well, the book, the first book in the Shadowhunters series, which is actually called the Mortal Instruments series... Um, the first book is called City of Bones, and it is by Cassandra Clare, who actually makes a very big point of saying as often as possible on her like Twitter and blog and everything that she is not to blame for the Shadowhunters series, though she does not phrase it in those words. That's what I'm reading into her blog post <laughs> on the show, which I'll include in the show notes. So she's not to blame for that because she wrote a really good book. <laughs> and her book is about a girl <laughs> named Clary who um, starts, it starts out, and Clary is um, having a fight with her mom, but she's pretty much a normal New York teenager with a best friend named Simon, who is secretly in love with her. And she, when her mom is kidnapped, uh, Clary finds out that there is a whole underground world that she did not know about, full of fairies and demons and vampires and warlocks and werewolves and did I miss anything? There's a lot of stuff, guys. And <laughs> Clary's actually part shadow hunter in some way and this was a secret world that her mother was keeping from her. And she meets Jace, who introduces her to the world and how her life could be if she were a shadow hunter. And this is not our first time reading this book. At least it's not for me, Tara and Susan. Was it for you, Meredith? It was the second time that I read this book, but I've only read this book of the okay. series. Mm, and that's okay. what I had thought. So the rest of us had read this a long time ago. This is actually the second book we ever read for book club. And oh, my God. Oh, is really? that was. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It, was it that long ago? Yep. It was. Oh, yes. my God. This was Susan's <laughs> very first pick. Because yep, the first club. one was uh, The Importance of Being Earnest. Being Earnest. Then it was mm-hmm. this. And then it was Sons and Lovers. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the very the second book we ever read. And then most of us went on to finish at least the 
first trilogy, and there's a second trilogy that's part of the series. Yes. I have read everything. Yes. (laughs) I have not read past book five in the series, but for our listeners who have not read more than City of Bones, like if you're reading along with a podcast, you may not have gone and read the rest of the series, and that's fine. And for Meredith, too, who probably doesn't want spoilers, I'm going to say let's not touch on any of the rest of the series except City of Bones. And that's going to be really hard because important things happen in City of Ashes and Mm -hmm. City of Glass that are really, really important to the plot. And I had thought they were in this first book, and they're not. I know, right? Having reread this, I was like, this isn't in the movie. I mean, this isn't in the book. That's a problem. (laughs) And I was really hard to um, find discussion points without Mm -hmm. kind of hinting at what happens and Mm. stuff like that. So... We're going to try really, really hard, guys, and I'm sorry if we accidentally spoil anything, but we're only going to focus on City of Bones. Can I quickly say before we, like, have a, you know, do not talk about the other books real fast, is that No, you may not talk about the rest of the books. But but that they're so good, and, like, the rest of the series is really good, and the prequel series, The Infernal Devices, is possibly better. And I... Sorry. Sorry, Clary. Um, I love this world, and... um, the entire thing is just very, very good. And if you like this, you should really um, keep on. Because as good as the first book is, the rest of the series is, honest to God, better. Um, so yeah, that's it. I no would agree that The Infernal Devices is definitely my preferred series. And um, I do think the the books do tend to get better as they go along with a few like exceptions like from book to book, like point-wise. But... No, it's a good, it's a good series, and actually, well, we'll get into that. But what was one thing that stood out to you in this book? Um, this question is so hard. Though. How um, quickly I got immersed into the world, um, the way Cassandra Clare just kind of wrote things—you just kind of dove right in, and you were just part of Clary's adventure. You know, like it didn't feel clunky or anything. If that makes sense. <laughs> no, that makes perfect sense. I agree. What about I, you, Meredith? Oh, go ahead, Tara. Um, in my reread, what really stuck out to me was, funny enough, how much of a bitch Clary was to Isabel, but how much of not a bitch the pretty hot girl was to Clary. Mm. Like, I found Isabel was genuinely pretty nice and straightforward and not playing games, but Clary just has this giant bias towards Isabel because of how she looks. And I found that to be like, A, really realistic, and B, refreshing that it wasn't like the hot girl who was having the problem with the, you know, Clary's gorgeous, but she doesn't think so. You know, with the, with the not-so-hot girl, I, I thought it was an interesting twist that I didn't remember because that I just had. I just didn't remember that was in the first book. So I, that stood out to me, and I thought that was just kind of interesting. Hmm, that is interesting. Mm-hmm. What about you, Meredith? Mm, I mean, I would. I would agree. I think with Susan and Tara. I think it had been a while since I had read this first book, and I think when I originally read it, I was kind of overwhelmed by how many books there were. But I think now that I've reread it, I'm going to keep going with it because I did enjoy it. And I'm, I'm interested to see where we go in this world. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Like it is, I think 
what stood, stood out to me the first time and again this time reading it was how well um, Cassandra Clare builds this world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of these elements are found in books pretty much everywhere all the time, especially nowadays. You know, vampires, werewolves, fairies, whatever. Um, and she does a really great job, I think, of um, building the world so it still feels real and it still feels like you're exploring something new. She does. Um, she often says in her interviews that the city in which the book takes place for her is like another character for the book. I think that's really clear that New York is such a character of this book and it's so clean, the like world she builds. I think it's really cool. I totally agree. Yeah. And I thought, and I think it was interesting because like we were talking about the show and how the show's a teen drama and how you expect a teen drama to be not good. And when I, I think I watched the first episode and then I went and I read the book and I was like, but actually the writing in this book is pretty solid. Like, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not, like, going to be, like, whatever, like, a Nobel Prize winner. I believe it was her first full novel, but... It was, it was. um, You know, you wouldn't expect that to be, like, a Nobel Prize winner, like, of somebody's first novel, necessarily. But I think the writing's very solid. I think the world building is very solid. Um, Yeah, I agree. I think it was, it's a solid first novel. Especially if it's the first novel she's ever written, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, well um, she's written novel-length works before, but they were fan works, fan fiction, um, before she did this. Right. Um, but this was her first, like, published novel-length yeah. work. And her first original novel. And, yeah, first, first original I novel. mean, and that's, you know, it's much harder to build something of your own than it is to take something you already love and just love it more. Yep. You know? Yeah. Um, so I was, I was really happy with that. Um, I'm going to go back to something that you said, Tara, before I go on to my next discussion point, because I think it's interesting that you find that Clary is more of a jerk to Isabel than Isabel is more is a jerk to Clary because I actually think both girls are very wary of each other. I don't think they're necessarily mean to each other, although Clary does think some like thoughts that are like, I can't believe this pretty girl is like acting the way she is, or is she really caring about my friend or whatever? I thought that like her thoughts were a little harsher, but I think her actions are actually pretty neutral like I felt like they were kind of circling each other and Jace does make mention of that um that like uh, Isabel's not used to being around other girls like did you think there was um did you guys think that there was an antagonistic relationship between Isabel and Clary I don't think I think Isabel I think you hit it on the head I think Isabel is wary of Clary because she isn't used to having other girls in the house I mean she has had no other girls her age around her ever Um, so I think she is wary of Clary. I think that's more correct. I think, and maybe this is because we do have Clary's perspective, um, but the way she reacts, not only to Isabel or in her own mind, but the way she talks about Isabel to Simon, I think is clearly antagonistic in comparison to the actions we see from Isabel. I mean, 
mean, I'd say it, it definitely starts out as kind of a, a hostile relationship on both ends. Uh, yeah, they're kind of feeling each other out. And it gets better as the book goes on. I think I think some of it is Isabel doesn't really respect Clary in the beginning. You know, because she's like, oh, well, you're just a mundane. Okay, well, actually, you're a shadow hunter technically, but you don't have any training. And I think, you know, Clary's kind of having to prove herself as the book goes on. Yeah. And yeah, and I think Clary is definitely more on... D- the defensive, especially once Simon comes in and is, is enamored with <laughs> Isabel, which is yeah. understandable. I think that, you know, is going to get under some people's skin. You know, if it's your best friend and suddenly he's like, you know, falling all over himself for a pretty girl. And especially just, a pretty girl you don't trust. I think that yeah. would be very hard. Like any of my friends falling for somebody that I don't trust would be very hard for me. I just don't think that everything you said, Meredith, is any different than how Alec feels. Um, you know, she's she's a mundane, all right, she's a shadow hunter, but she's still not trained. I think these are just, those feelings aren't, you know, I, I guess cat fight <laughs> I don't know what to say. But Alec I feel does like, treat Clary pretty terribly. Yeah, he's oh, no, like really hostile. Alec, Alec is by far worse than Izzy. Oh, uh, he's terrible. Yeah. I well, just, he's I, legit I can't stand jealous. His- I cannot stand his character. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I get that oh, he's yeah, super so jealous. It gets so much better. He does, he does well, get better. I love Alex so much. And, and that's <laughs> fine. But like I said, I've only read the first book. So that right. I don't have any other background yeah. other mm-hmm. than he is a complete jerk and is just For unnecessarily no nasty to her. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, he is pretty, pretty much awful. For no reason. I will say this, by the way. I forgot to say this when we were talking about the show. The best part of the show to me is that Alec and Izzy and Simon look exactly the way I picture them in my head. And so does Jocelyn. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, what, uh, what about you, Susan? Did you feel like there was um, some antagonistic attitudes between uh, the girls? Well, sure. I mean, just like everybody said, there's so many factors that go into this where they're hostile towards each other, you know, first and foremost, mistrust. They just don't trust each other, period. And they had different life experiences. Um, and then on Clary's end with Simon, of course, the, you know, she's thinking, hey, I've been his best girlfriend for ages and ages, and all of a sudden he's turning his attention to this, like, hot chick, you know? Of course she's going to feel threatened, so. Um, but... And I feel I feel like that's normal. They they are eighteen. Oh my God. <laughs> no, they're they're fifteen. They're fifteen. Fifteen. In the book. I mean, 15, yeah, sixteen. That's right. Which is even that worse. Yeah, I was gonna say they're in high school still. Sorry. Yeah, they they up the age um, in the show. Yeah, they're still in high school, which is you know <laughs> all no. hormones and emotions. So everything. <laughs> yeah, is that's just, not untrue. Everything is heightened already. So of course everything is just awful and terrible. And this person is awful and terrible. Um, when I, I, my first impression when reading the book, I remember is like I hope this gets better, and I hope it just doesn't turn out to be like the typical cat fight. So. But I don't think it is. I no. think. I mean, Isabel making the soup. I mean, I just, <laughs> there are moments for Isabel. I'm like, you're genuinely trying. Yes. And I so appreciate it so much. Well, that's what I mean. That's you why it's not adorable the typical. <laughs> that's what's not the typical, like, cat yeah. fight, you know, vying for everybody's attention type of thing. 
Right. How great is that soup scene, though? Like, Jace is, like, legitimately, like, I don't care. You're trying to be nice. This is the worst thing you've ever done. Why did you <laughs> ever cook? And everyone's like, please don't make us do this. And Claire's just like, uh. <laughs> so great. Yep. It is. Their interactions with each other are actually pretty great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they um, are. But anyways, going back to Clary. So Jocelyn, who is Clary's mother, decided to hide Clary from the Shadowhunter world for a number of reasons, including the fact that she was trying to hide herself from the Mm -hmm. world. Um, And she wanted to keep her daughter safe. You know, supposedly. Um, Do you agree with Jocelyn's decision to keep her daughter in the dark? This happens so much. <laughs> I was going to say. And, and that's and, why, like, it stuck out to me because sometimes I feel like characters have really good reasons for it and sometimes I don't. So mm-hmm. what do you guys think? Is this a valid, is it's this just, a valid decision this time? Yes and no. I feel like when it comes to family, like, I feel like you shouldn't leave your family members completely in the dark. I think there could have been a way to kind of say, hey, this is our family, but I don't think she necessarily had to tell her, tell Clary every single gritty detail. So, I... Sorry, go ahead, Mary. I I understand why she did it, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if I agree with it. Or maybe to, like, you know, what Susan's saying, to an extent, or maybe only when she was really young, you know, you know, toddler early elementary school. Right. Um, but I feel like by completely leaving her in the dark and taking all of her memories of this, she actually has made her so much more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So, given that Jocelyn believes, and she does, believes that Valentine is alive, that that is the only tipping for me. Like, all right, she's trying to get away from the Shadowhunters. Okay, she takes the Mortal Cup to keep it safe. Okay, she believes this really horrible person who is also her husband and also the father of this child and also willing to poison her with demon blood is alive. Um, I don't, I, all right, I see where she's coming from. And I guess I, I, I guess I agree with Meredith. I definitely think in the beginning she had to, but, and I think that's part of the arguments that Jocelyn is having with Luke. I think once she turned 12 on up, they needed to start telling her what was going on, and Jocelyn just keeps putting it off, keeps putting it off, keeps putting it off, and Luke's like, you gotta, gotta do this. <laughs> um, so yeah. I think Jocelyn knew. She was just so afraid of what would happen, and yeah, it went to, it, it went to bite her in the... I mean, it's the Dumbledore the effect, you know? <laughs> I like that, the Dumbledore <laughs> it is effect. the Dumbledore <laughs> effect. Yeah, and the thing is, is like, I feel like if Clary had some sort of knowledge, then she would have been able to kind of be more prepared right. and be a little cautious when she goes out than just being like, la di da, I know nothing. And then this, you know, terrible thing happens and I have no idea what's going on. And I'm going to be thrown into everything. Right. <clears throat> yeah. And I, you know, what stood out to me about it was that because I agree with you guys that um, Jocelyn should have at least told her a little bit, should have at least been like, um, so this exists and blah, 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 and you can see it, but other people can't. Mm-hmm. Um, because what stood out to me was that it does actually, you know, besides the whole 
you know, now puts Clary's life in danger because she doesn't know how to do anything and she doesn't know things are coming after her. But it does put a distance between Clary and her mother in the sense that even Simon has noticed, hey, your mom has some, like, funny scars on her body and stuff like that. And Clary has no idea what she's talking what he's talking about and then later when she regains her ability to see things like that like she remembers the scars and it's it's like how heartbreaking must it be that something that's visible to everybody else was a secret between you and between you and your mother right i think you know this is a part of being a shadow hunter i think jocelyn saw that as a sacrifice she had to make and Shadowhunters are very good at really making that black and white call. Mm-hmm. You know, as hard as it is for them, you know, they're willing to do whatever they can do to save whoever they want to save. So I think that's just, it's terrible. And for us Mondays, you know, heartbreaking. <laughs> but I think for Jocelyn, for her, that was just a necessary sacrifice. Well, I think, and for Clary, it's very heartbreaking too, because it was one of those roadblocks yeah there's going to be roadblocks between a parent and a child in certain ways anyways but i think it's a roadblock that that particular roadblock was unnecessary Mm -hmm. and i think that was very hurtful to her yeah um and this kind of leads into the next thing that i was gonna ask is that you know clary says that she always felt like there was something wrong with her in her life and she never fit in now is this her being like a dramatic teenager and just being like, oh, the typical adolescent feelings, like, I don't fit in. Or, uh, and she's kind of reimagining that um, or reinterpreting it now that she knows about the Shadowhunter world. Or is it, do you think it's accurate? Do you think that this is real distance and real um, feelings of inadequacy or, you know, lack of belonging that? has been created in her life I think it has to do with the spell mm-hmm. so I, I think had she grown up outside the shadow hunter world um, and did not um, but but was not spelled upon it this it, it wouldn't be the same but I, I think she mostly feels like she has these memories that don't always make sense and as a young adult, you just think, oh, well, I just remember it wrong. Or, oh, well, you know, you know, memories fade, all these different things happen. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think it has to do with the spell. Yeah. I agree, too. Uh, because w- what does Magnus Bane say? He says, like, they had, they had to come every, was it two years? Yeah, to every have two. It redone. Like that, yeah. So, you know, as it's wearing off, she starts getting bits and pieces of things and and yeah, I think that would be a little jarring to have these kind of weird memories that you don't quite remember, that don't quite make sense. And yeah, and 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 sure, some of it might be that she's you know fifteen and all of that. <laughs> but I think it's really more to do with her her individual situation than just being a fifteen year old girl. Yeah, I think her lack of memories kind of just enhances the the lost feeling, like something wrong. Like, I don't, because I think if she was just going through, you know, typical puberty type of stuff, um, I don't know, you just feel weird, 
you know, like. (laughs) (laughs) That is accurate. That is basically how I felt as a teenager. Yeah, I felt weird. Like, (laughs) your body's all funky looking and (laughs) your emotions, you know, all over the place. So I think, I mean, that's already jarring as it is. But then, like, I think the having your memories erased just kind of enhanced that. So I think it's a bit of both. Um. With with her, in her situation, that's fair. Yeah. And you know, having you know having that spell on her is you know was probably a hard decision on her mother's part, and you know it was done to protect her. And as Tara touched on, you know, shadow hunters have to make hard decisions mm-hmm. uh, to protect people, um, particularly mundanes. That is kind of their job, as they protect mundanes. But they don't seem to, like, really respect them, which you guys also mentioned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, um, why do you think that it, like, why protect something that you don't respect? Or why why have this, like, feeling of, like, no respect for something that you're sworn to protect? Like, why is that I so mean, complicated? It's the natural, I don't think it's disrespect. I think it's, um, I think it really stems from jealousy that... You know, shadow hunters, they grow up, they train, they die young, you know, and they die young for this natural born world. They say that all the time. Like, that's why they don't have problems with warlocks and vampires and werewolves is because they're born in this world. And mundanes, humans, are the main inhabitants of this world. And that is their job to protect that. And humans get to go around living their lives, not realizing what is happening and not caring that these people you know die so young and i I don't think it's disrespect as much as it is you know inherent amount of jealousy um and i don't honestly don't especially for young 15 year old shadow hunters who you know are sort of dealing with their own ideas of mortality and immortality and you know that's the age you're supposed to think that you can live forever and these kids don't think they can live forever. Um, no, I just think it has to do with that hmm. more than anything. That's interesting. I was thinking that they just needed the human race to be alive so they can actually, you know, make more shadow hunters. <laughs> this is shadow hunter Darwinism, pretty much. <laughs> need to survive. You sound a you sound a bit like Valentine right now, soon. <laughs> Listen, there's a reason I took a lot of biology classes. <laughs> Because that's where my brain went. <laughs> um, they just needed, you know, diversity in their gene pool. So they needed to protect their stock. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. Wow. Yeah, no, officially Valentine. <laughs> officially Valentine, I take um, But Are you part of the circle? Uh, no. <laughs> that we know of. Are you sure? <laughs> um, but, I, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons. Like, I mean, they do have to, you know, make sure they have to have diversity or else, you know, shadow hunters would die out. I mean, isn't that one of the reasons why Valentine, the Mortal Cup. Yeah, the Mortal Cup was yeah. being sought after. Um, they didn't have to really worry about that. Um, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess being a shadow hunter is somewhat of a thankless job because the humans or mundanes don't even know what's going on. But it still seems like that they also think that they're better Mm -hmm. than humans. Oh, sure. Oh, oh, you stupid mundies. Yeah. You You don't know anything. Um, Right. 
Well, they know what's going on, and they have magic powers. So, I mean, <laughs> it's like how wizards think they're better than my book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's very similar situation. Um, just to touch ba- back on what Susan said, um, in a offshoot book called uh, The Shadowhunter Academy, I think that's what it's called. Um, it's a book of short stories. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually talk a lot about mundanes becoming shadowhunters. And it's a very small amount of people right. like who, who go through this process every year or who eventually can go through the process or who can survive the process. Um, so in that way, like, it's not like they have a rich livestock that they reap every year and are, <laughs> that's terrible. No, no. You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, it, it's like 10 people <laughs> or less a year or something like that. Yeah. Well, um, they say in this book, actually, like if you, aren't strong enough to drink from the mortal cup, you'll turn to a forsaken. Right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, just protecting the human, I mean, they are shadow hunters, but they are also, you know, people, you know? <laughs> so they had to protect the society that they are part of, even, you know, though it's behind the scenes, that type of thing to help the world go around. This type, I mean, this type of situation is always hard. Like you mentioned with the muggles and, and the wizards is another situation like that, you know? It's like, why do you want to help these people? They're humans. You look down on them. You don't see them as anything important, yet you protect them. Why? Well, um, aside from having diversity, like, it's just, it's it's what you do. You need to protect the human race to keep going <laughs> for society's sake. It's a part of the religion, too. Mm-hmm. Shadow hunters are a race and a religion, um, and it's a part of their code and creed. Yeah. And Angel Raziel came down, gave Jonathan Shadowhunter a bunch of stuff, and said, "Here, protect everyone." Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I know we're gonna run out of time, so I'm gonna skip kind of um, my other questions. But I do have a question. As of this book, and this might be kind of hard for some of us to remember, but as of mm-hmm. this book, it's very important to ask, Team Simon or Team Jace? <laughs> oh, why are you doing this? Really? Can we... I would rather talk about literally anything else other than this. Well, I'm very right. curious uh, to see where Meredith is because she hasn't finished the series. Well, I mean, what am I supposed to think right now? <laughs> like... Incest or not incest? <laughs> I, right, right. Remember how this book That's ends. That's true. Ends. I, ends I, the okay, king. so up until that point, up until Valentine makes his big reveal, how did you uh, feel about up it? Up until Jace is her brother. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, Which has got to be one of the most shocking, ballsy ends to a YA novel I've ever read, by the way. That is true. I want to give so much props and, to that. And for some reason... There's others. There's stuff that happens in City of Ashes, which I always think happens in City of Bones, and that reveal I always feel like happens in City of Ashes, like in the beginning of City of Ashes, and I don't know why, <laughs> which is why I asked the question. But before that reveal, <laughs> how did you feel, Meredith? Ugh, I, um, they both. I don't know. There's both. There's good and bad ideas to either relationship i mean simon is super adorable and sweet and he's always been there for her but you know jace is like this cool dashing new guy who's 
she's probably, I mean, that's going to be her world from here on out. I mean, she can't really go back to the way things were. True. And I don't know how well Simon will fit into that world. But I'm very, I don't know, I'm very torn. I'm very confused at the end of this book. Because I would like to think that Jace isn't really her brother. But that's kind of what things are pointing towards. And so Mm -hmm. then that's just really awkward. Yeah. (laughs) And I understand. Um, And I guess, well, before, let me ask you guys, uh, Susan and Tara, before the big reveal, how did you feel? Were you leaning towards Chase or leaning towards Simon? And I have a reason for asking this question. That was literally seven years ago. This is so hard for me to remember. Um, Um, I think I was Team Simon. Yeah, I was Team Simon for sure. I, think... I really don't like Jace. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, like, yeah. like still? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, man. I, I, like read, I read th- two, two, three books. I read the first three books. Okay, right. Yeah, like you said, it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, well. So, and I think, I think I was still liking Simon more than Jace. I just don't like Jace. Okay. Well, and that's fair. And the reason why I ask is because I remember, you know, I thought it was kind of like, you know, stereotypical teen drama, but teen romance-like. And I was like, but, you know, okay, fine. It'd be really cute for Clary and Jace to, like, suddenly make it work. Blah, blah, blah. You know, she brings him out of her sh- his shell, all the cute teenage stuff. And then the reveal happens, of course. Um... But rereading it this time, and this is what I was saying the TV show kind of brought out for me, um, reading it this time, Jace's initial interactions with um, Clary involve a lot of, like, looking at her funny and yes. following her around. <laughs> they do. And it stuff does. Like that. It's very stalker. And it's did very you find, stalker. Did you find his initial interactions with Clary creepy? It was going to oh, be yeah. my final question. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, in the book? Um, yeah. Yes, he follows her around and, like, disappears and reappears. And it's just like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's... I mean, useful because he was there to save her <laughs> from the whatever demon. But, like, right. yeah. Yeah, maybe. I think maybe he's also kind of intrigued by her. I mean, just like we were saying, Isabel hasn't grown up with any other girls around. Neither has Jace, really, because That's he true. thinks of Isabel oh, more true. as a sister. That's and true. so it's like, Hmm. This is a, a an attractive girl who can see me and see this Shadowhunter world, but you know, so I think some of it might have been the intrigue. Can you and attraction. Also, can you be interested do, but not be creepy about it? Like is yeah, could you do well, that? <laughs> and here's the thing is they make a point of especially when they go to the restaurant, they make a point of saying hey, you know, he's flirting with that girl, he flirts with all of the girls, blah, 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 blah. Like, they make it sound like Jace is a little bit of a um, womanizer, I guess. And I think that, um, so I don't think that he's, like, not been around girls or not flirted with girls, well, I, I think, think he flirts with mundanes and fairies. Yeah, I think he... I don't know if that's the same thing to them. Well... You know what I mean? We, you know, we don't know that. Like, we know very little. For all we know, he's flirting with other Shadowhunters, too. I mean, mm-hmm. he does mention that he's been to the Shadowhunter city and stuff. Like, he could have flirted with other Shadowhunters that are not 
uh, um, Izzy. My, like, so that's why, like, my my question is, like, why is he so creepy with Clary, <laughs> other than the fact that she's particularly intriguing? Well, he thinks she's a shadow hunter. Yeah. He, he does the entire time. It's just like, why is there a random shadow hunter in New York that I don't know? Yeah. But it doesn't mean you have to be creepy about it. Yeah. Though. Well, I think he views it as, I think he's justifying it to himself as clave business. Like, I'm allowed to do this. It's for the clave. Sure. <laughs> and, and do you think, because, you know, this is also around the same time that, you know, Twilight, this book was written around the same time as, like, Twilight was coming out and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And people made, like, a big deal about, like, how in Twilight, you know, that romance in a, its own way was creepy and stuff like that. Do you he think? He watches her sleep for, like, ever. <laughs> that, it's not the same thing as following her to a coffee as shop. following like, her I'm around not, and then disappearing? It's no. one time. It's like a day it's that happens. It's not one time. It's, it's at least twice. Oh my god, no. It's it's definitely... And no, I'm, it's only the coffee shop. And, and then to her house. I, exactly. So that's at it's, least that's twice. That's creepy in of itself. And, we don't, and we don't know that house. he wasn't following her around in other times. I don't, we just know I don't know, man. Edward, Edward, like, jumping into windows and watching you sleep, like, without you knowing for uh, months is way creepier. I'm sorry. Like, especially I don't know knowing that it was would, months, like, but, like, anyways... The po- my point is, do you think that we would have the same reaction to Jace being a romantic interest now as we did when we read this book, like, seven years ago? Would we have find it way creepier now? No. Oh, um... I didn't find it creepier. Because I did find it creepier now. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't, but, you know, I'm tainted with the knowledge of the future, so... No, I don't think it's creepier. I think it's just as creepy. Don't do it. (laughs) The same level of creepiness for you, Susan. Don't do it, please. (laughs) Males listening to this podcast, don't be a stalker, okay? Thanks. Well, now that I have two daughters, like, especially please don't be a stalker. (laughs) Don't be creepy in any way. Like, don't just follow girls around. Just don't be creepy. (laughs) Oh, on the same length, girls don't follow boys around and be creepy about it, too, so... Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> equal opportunity yeah. here. Equal opportunity, <laughs> you know, I think, creepiness advisory. I, I think guess. that's what caught me is, like, I never saw Jace really as, like, a flirt or a womanizer because, to me, he, like, feels awkward and, like, brooding, you know? I, I actually agree with that. I think Jace, a lot of the time, is like, I don't know what to do with this female person. Yeah. And, and, and not that saying he can't, like, one-off flirt all the time, every day. Like, he flirts with that fairy waitress mm-hmm. and he flirts with... Like, just quick things, but, like, having a, another female embedded into his life in a right. more permanent way yeah. was so awkward for him. Yeah, it's like, especially, how, are you, how are you flirting with girls and what? I mean, <laughs> especially one like Clary, who's mm. just really, like, you know, she just goes with it. She just does what she wants to do, and she doesn't listen to him, and mm-hmm. she doesn't slow down, and he's just like, why can't you, what, what mm-hmm. do I do with you? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Yep. Oh, boys. Yeah. <laughs> boys. <laughs> All right. I know I've gone way past my time. So did you like it? Real quick? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. There's so much more I want to talk about. Yes, it's good. Good. <laughs> yes. read, read more. And if you want to read more, this is how I'd recommend reading it. Because there are things in, in the books that sort of go back and forth. The first three trilogies, the first trilogy break don't read the rest of it then read the infernal devices trilogy and then read the second trilogy of the mortal instruments that's how i'd recommend 
that's the best way to read it. Go forth and be awesome. <laughs> Sounds good. I will take that advice. Yep. I uh, thought about it a lot, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so the next book on Eclectic Readers, of course, is still Anna Karenina by Leah Tol- Leo Tolstoy. And we'll be doing that podcast next month. If you want to comment on that as you read and stuff, or talk more to Tara about City of Bones, because she has a lot of feelings, I think Susan's about to give us some places where we can do that. Yes. Yay, social network. Yay. <laughs> um, so where can people find you guys? Jeanette? Um, I'm on Goodreads at gariz.com slash Rivera. Or you can just look for us off our Goodreads page. And I'm also on Twitter at Dr. Jeanette, D-R-J-E-A-N-N-E-T-T-E. And right now my Twitter is basically only for talking about books. So find me on Twitter. Talk to me about books. Oh, and a little bit about the TV show because I did tweet at you the other night, Tara. You did. (laughs) Yeah, I saw. You did. (laughs) Yeah. How about you, Tara? Uh so you can find me, of course, on our Goodreads page. We're all very active there. So come say hey um, and ask me all your questions about Mortal Instruments because I'll talk about it forever. <laughs> um, and also find me on Twitter at Tara Newman, T-A-R-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. Um, I talk mostly about books and other nerdy things. So, yeah, come say hello. And Meredith? Well, of course, you can find me at our Goodreads page. Uh, I like talking back and forth on our different posts we've got going on. And you can also friend me on Goodreads. So you can find me at goodreads.com slash reading underscore gal. Yay. And people can find me on Goodreads. Um, same thing on the Eclectic Readers page or um, my own page, Susan Lyons. Um, Twitter is at Duri Kaichol. That's R-U-R-I underscore K-A-I-C-H-O-U. And on Google+, Plus, um, I actually link a lot of book stuff there. Um, but, you know, having a baby, I haven't really been social mediaing much these days. I'm sorry. <laughs> um but you, and then you can also find the other links that we've talked about on our show notes at sunriserobot.net slash eclecticreaders slash 12. And if you'd like to continue to support us besides listening to our wonderful podcast, um, you can be a Patreon supporter and find out how you can support us um, as such on sunriserobot.net slash support. Special thanks to Benji Robinson and Carolyn Kraut for supporting us. Yay! Yay, thanks, um, guys. And if you do not want to miss an episode, go ahead and subscribe to your uh, favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. Please rate and review us on iTunes so more um, bookwormy friends can find us. Um, And until next month, let's shelve this until then. All right. Bye, Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.